0: after breakfast what's before lunch it's Austin, Texas. It's weird brunch. Cedar
1: coughing.
2: Mm-hmm. I got I got cedared i did this too. morning I woke up and like my whole throat was on fire.
1: Is that how you get pregnant? Yeah, <laughs> you get cedared.
2: Yeah, you get enough cedar pollen in you. And you it squeeze just one floats up. around yeah. and then
1: one day.
3: Yeah. Oh, my God. What is this?
2: You have little baby trees. Ugh. Did you see that
3: fucking article about the woman who has been in a coma for, like, 15 years who gave birth? Wait, what? Like, earlier this week in Phoenix, Arizona, a woman who was... No,
1: I hate it.
3: F- ...been in a coma for forever gave birth, and they were like... But how we didn't even know what was happening. She just started like moving and kind of moaning and gave birth to a completely healthy baby boy. And so now the company that she was being taken care of by is like, uh. so I guess we got to fire someone who's been raping our coma victim. Yeah, that's why I was going to say back up. Yeah, (laughs) because that ain't Jesus. That's what it is. Yeah, somebody made it. So, anyways, it's a crazy fucked up thing.
2: God, can you imagine that, like, all hands meeting? Yeah. Where you're like, okay, guys, we brought in some outside consultants. We're going to be sitting you down in a room one at a time asking you some questions.
1: It turns out it was
3: Gary. (laughs) (laughs) Gary? We knew it was him the whole goddamn time. Who didn't Uh, think it
1: was Gary?
2: (laughs) We all knew it was Gary. We're going to start with Gary, okay? But we have to do this (laughs) legally. Now, Gary,
1: get up here and say some words. Just tell us you're sorry.
3: Say you're sorry to our coma victim. Say you're Here, sorry to Gary Jr. Yeah, here's Gary <laughs> Jr. Say you're sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking terrible. But
2: Ugh.
1: wasn't that part of Kill Bill though? Where
2: there was some uh, kind of the, like yes, come there was rape a victim. There yeah. was coma rape in there. Yeah. No baby, but yeah, right
3: at the beginning, and she like she kicked w- his ass. Yeah, she woke up during it.
2: There was a coma well, yeah, rape revenge no baby. fantasy, yeah. which I guess was five, ten years too early. <laughs>
3: God was damn it.
2: Well, because I don't know of any other coma babies.
1: Oh, I
3: bet they're out there. You
2: think there's a lot? You think that's like crack oh, people babies? People are
0: fucked up, Probably. yeah.
2: Huh.
1: What are they going to do? Put some like, uh, what is it, Estranol? What's what's birth control? Whatever. Put some Estradiol. birth control. Estr- what? Estradiol. Is that birth control?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Put some they of that in a red. drip?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just seriously. Yeah. Put your yeah. put your coma victims on the BC, man. Stick a, uh, Actually, you know what? You got them there. IUD. Yeah. Like, they don't know. Oh, they're yeah.
3: never gonna. know. It doesn't
2: even have to be one of the comfy ones. Could you no. just put a couple crosses, a couple Ugh. copper crosses in there, and just.
1: <laughs> that made <laughs> my even my uterus hurt ones. so much. I almost vomited. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, sorry.
1: That's funny.
2: Do you think that baby sleeps well? I bet you that baby sleeps well.
3: Probably. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Well, I was like... It was well, like coma gestated. Yeah, if she's in a coma, mm-hmm. like, the f- she's only getting fluids, but I guess that was fine.
2: It was nutritious food. Yeah,
3: it's nutritious fluids enough to keep you alive and clearly enough to keep a baby alive.
2: Clearly, they're not keeping an eye on their coma victims Mm-mm. enough. A, sex shenanigans. B, pregnancy. Like... Should, yeah. shouldn't at least a nurse come in and be like, rapid weight gain, let's dial back the right. IV, right. you know, juice packets or whatever they're giving out. I
1: just feel like it'd be boring if my job was keep an eye on that Comovic.
2: Yeah. Thing. Oh my God, that sounds like the best nursing job in the country. I would
1: fall asleep.
2: Exactly. How easy would that be?
1: Well, then somebody fell asleep and guess what happened?
2: Gary. <laughs> Gary. That's what
1: we're calling him.
2: Gary, don't don't let guy nurses around female coma patients that's
1: sorry to all the good
2: gary's out there <coughs> yeah i only
1: know one good gary it the other gary i know i is don't know jail. any bad gary's I oh i porn. take it back yeah
2: i had a bad gary he he was in jail for braining a prostitute with a two by four
1: it was that his dick
2: over, <laughs> 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 over a meth deal that went bad but he got killed in prison he's I was dead gonna now. say
3: the gary oh that God. was bad that i knew is dead as well hmm
1: Is yours dead? I don't know if Bad Gary's dead, but he was my uh, youth minister. Oh! If your
2: name is Gary, do you have any options? Like, can you pick something else? There's no like nickname for you. G man, guy,
1: Gray. Just mix. We're just Gray. gray? Yeah. I don't know. Just mix the words around. Jaeger. Jaeger. (laughs) Jaeger.
2: All right, the next Gary. I mean, I'm calling him Jaeger. Yar. (laughs) Yar. I'm not Gary. I'm Karina.
1: I'm Lisa. I'm Whitney.
2: This is kind of a weird brunch.
1: It is. <laughs> we started this one out pretty solidly weird.
3: Yeah, that, that one got weird, weird right away.
2: Thanks, Whitney.
3: I I remember. I, it's an exciting story. Just <laughs> sure. a Little baby story with a baby. <laughs> little baby, little story. baby story with a baby. Yeah. It's a little sleepy baby <laughs> story. <laughs> sleepy
1: baby
2: story.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, part of me was like. Well, I mean, if you you gotta have a kid, like that woman didn't even know. Oh yeah, I would. She was just like,
1: clunk. If I'm gonna give birth, Mm. may I put you in a coma? But I want to know how I got
2: pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) So you just want to be in a coma, like for the last two trimesters? Yeah, like not the first one. That's important to be around for.
1: No, I'm fine with like after the six week mark when I'm like, oh shit. Six weeks, okay. Put me just put me in a coma. (laughs) Yeah, because okay. after six weeks, you're like, oh, no, I am. And then you just go in a coma. Mm-hmm. Right. Ah, that my is blood the, pressure would be low enough. Definitely like,
2: the easiest way to quit drinking is just go into a coma. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. get rid of that again. addiction. Mm. That's what I was going to say, because after you pop the kid out in coma state, just be like, cool, dial back all my intakes and wake yeah. me up in six months totally when i'm hot but Wait you have to really
2: the best
0: way to get
3: rid of baby over. weight okay r.i.p i'm sorry
2: r.i.p <laughs> indeed the best way to get rid of baby weight is breastfeed though And i don't think you can do that in a coma or maybe you can i, I feel, feel someone like someone could hold could. it up to you i think someone could help you gary. you need assistance obviously gary <laughs>
3: I mean we should write and ask if
2: Gary probably already knows what a latch is, if you know what I mean. Breastfeeding. Her.
3: <laughs> Gross. Eek. Eek. Yike. Lisa, I feel bad that you're hunching over the little
1: No, it's mic. okay. Um I've hunched over my entire life. Uh whenever I was trying to dance with boys in junior high, it was <laughs> a lot like this.
2: Uh, Oh, I feel that I've been except fa- for the boys part. I get why they were
1: so into it. because <laughs> yeah. my tits were in Cause their face.
3: Because when you look down at someone like this, it's really attractive. Yeah, yeah. When you open the... your phone screen on yourself, it's the worst. Speaking of the worst,
1: Ooh. let's talk about the Winchester Mystery House. Yay! I Yay. love the Winchester. I know I this is too. just kind of. I haven't been there, and <gasps> I just I thought I'd throw something really sweet in there. Um, this is a sweet story so it's in San Jose, California it's the personal residence of Sarah Winchester uh, the widow of the firearm guy William Wirt Winchester I didn't know it was WWW get out of here Wirt Oh, Wirt? <laughs> that's Sorry. upsetting that's <laughs> a weird way to spell it Uh, the style of the mansion is Queen Anne Victorian uh And it's got some weird shit in it. There's also some ghostly things in there as well. So let's see. Since it's construction in 1884, the property and mansion were claimed by many to be haunted by the ghosts of those who killed the Winchester with those killed with Winchester (laughs) rifles. A lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. That's like most.
2: Native Americans.
1: Everyone. (laughs) And yes. Yeah. Plus some. Mm hmm but can you imagine being shot and then being like I know where I'll go.
2: Yeah, that goes that- against my notion of how ghosts work.
1: Yeah. Well, because home dude was already dead. Mm-hmm. She built it in 1881 and or, I'm sorry. He died in 1881. It was built in 1884. Mhm. So like you're you waited 3 years after that guy died of tuberculosis. But I thought it was like beginning cuz she, she kept adding on
3: to it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Forever. Mhm.
1: So it it was at first it was fully constructed the very first sleep beginning was 1884. Okay. But then yes it continued. But that dude was already dead. I don't know. If I'm a ghost, I'm going straight to the person who killed me. Not the gun guy. Well,
3: you know,
0: it
1: took guns a don't while. kill people, people kill people. <laughs> and so do ghosts. <laughs> Same if, guns. If you can see this, you're driving too close to my ass. So she got an income of roughly $1,000 per day from the Winchester Arms Company, Uh, and then that was back in the 1800s. Today, that equivalent is $26,000. That's A day? A day. Of a day. (laughs) (laughs) That's... Uh, tabloids from that time said that at some point after her infant daughter died of an illness known as marasmus, a children's disease Ooh. in which the body wastes away, that just seems like munchow since so you're not yeah, feeding your you kid. Did. Yeah.
2: Give
3: your child food. What
2: are you, some sort of coma mom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> so after her daughter died and her husband died, a Boston medium told her while channeling her late mm-hmm. husband that she should leave her home in New Haven and travel West where she must continuously build a home for herself and the spirits of people who had fallen victim to Winchester rifles. So she built this house for these people, but still like, Again, so if I'm it, a ghost, I'm not fucking with this house. Is
3: it every ghost that she sees, she's like, well, they need their own room. Well,
1: I, I think don't
2: know. it's I've more like a this. practical joke this psychic played on it. Sure. It's like you have to build one room well, for every Well, that psychic's victim.
1: fucking kid was killed by a Winchester. You know what I mean? Like that psychic mm-hmm. knows somebody and was trying to like. Yeah. yeah and, she, and she did it. It is so hard to drink while I'm this hunched over. <laughs> I told you to not fucking hunch
3: over. Okay, wait. So if Winchester's idea is that she has to build one for every ghost that she sees. I mean, is that technically? I don't know. But if I were a ghost, I'd be like, oh, in this ghost economy, it's hard to find free housing. So I'm going to go to hold on. (laughs) Stop there. To the Winchester house where I know I can get my own fucking room. And live there for eternity.
1: In what world? <laughs> In the ghost world. <laughs> not have free reign of anywhere they want
3: to be. Man, I don't live there. I just hear about it. Yeah,
2: mm. you ever seen Beetlejuice? You can get stuck. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sandworms. Uh, <laughs> did you just say say parts of the movie? Sandworms. <laughs>
0: Michael Keaton. Um...
2: No, the sandworms trap you in your house. They do. You can't Unless somebody builds you a new addition. That was what the whole movie was about. Mm -hmm. So
1: it's more where she just has to like continuously add on. It's not like I'm building a room for each ghost. It's I'm adding on. It's her penance. I'm sorry I introduced that. No, it's okay. (laughs) I mean, well, Casper's house was like really big too. They that had awesome their own they did have their own rooms. Which
2: though. version? Yeah. The comics? Christina Ricci? Christina Ricci. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. just even chatting. though yep. she
1: was never mind. Uh, there's nothing we wrong talked with her. About it. No, there's nothing Not wrong her, with her. Not her, just the okay. I, yeah. She was just a child in that movie. That's true. Well, she was a teen. Anyway. Back to it. So, <laughs> In 1884, she purchased an unfinished farmhouse in the Santa Clara Valley and began building her mansion. Carpenters were hired and worked on the house day and night until it became a seven-story mansion. Jesus seven Christ. Stories. That's
3: like a hotel.
2: Yeah. It's bigger than most
1: hotels. Yeah. She did not use an architect and added on to the building in haphazard fashion. What a lady. <laughs> her little girl brain just wanted to add things. <laughs> So the home contains numerous oddities, such as doors and stairs that go nowhere. This is kind of like the H.H. Holmes Hotel, except his all went somewhere where he could trap someone somewhere and murder them.
3: Bad.
1: Um, and she's just
3: trying to get the ghost to go up some stairs and then fall into the sand
1: pit. <laughs> that's,
3: that's
0: what I it said. is.
1: <laughs> um, there's windows overlooking other rooms and stairs with odd sized risers. Uh, many accounts. Attribute these oddities to her belief in ghosts, which is what Whitney just said. Get him to the sand pits.
3: Yeah. Yeah. To the sand pits with ya.
1: Environmental psychologists have theorized that the odd layout itself contributes to the feeling of the house being haunted today.
2: Environmental psychologists. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, Venkman, whatever that is. Okay. Well,
1: that's like Marie Kondo. Is oh. like an environmental psychologist. <laughs> Seriously. Clean it yeah.
0: up.
2: Okay. I think that's
1: what they're saying. Because, like, if you walk into a house and you don't want to thank it for being, I see. Then it might be because, mm-hmm. bitch, you made it look haunted.
2: Right. That's just a word that's, that's the replacement for feng shui, because it's not 2003 anymore. Right. Got it
0: environmental psychologist psychologist. I am
1: a professional environmental psychologist that sounds like somebody tell you if it sucks that sounds like
2: somebody who's like going outside and hearing the birds scream in terror at the planet slowly dying
1: (laughs) (laughs) on that note before the 1906 earthquake the house had been seven story high as we said uh today it's only four stories So because of the earthquake, we took some stories out. But then what do we do? We still haphazardly just slap this house
2: together. I thought the stories sort of took themselves out. The what? The stories kind of collapsed.
1: Because of an earthquake? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought, okay, never mind. (laughs) Oh, like she was like, no more of these. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why she talks like that, but she does. She's old. Old timey. No more of these. Yeah. My baby died because I didn't feed it.
0: Uh the house is predominantly made of
1: red wood. Assholes. Yeah. Um She disliked the look of it, but she preferred the, that wood. What a bitch. I don't she's probably not a bitch. She went through know. some traumatic things. What was the carpet? You know. Mink? Mm-hmm. Um yes. Mixed with chinchilla.
2: hmm Let's see. Well you don't want all one color. Mm-mm. Oh, she slept in a different room it each goes night. That. They do. Well, that's cool. I would yeah. totally. That's the one part of this that's relatable to me is the part where she so, slept in a different room. If I built a house with that many rooms, I would totally. It oh, was yeah.
3: just her mm-hmm. and like probably some servants and stuff. And some probably some fucking and a builders. shitload of ghosts.
1: Yeah. yeah. So she had like debilitating arthritis. My arthritis. So there were special early riser stairways installed. As what a, is that? I think. Is it's, that the, well, the little the elevator at the bottom? That's what I thought. Okay. But it was like the early 1900s, so it would have just been like a child laborer carrying yeah. her up the stairs. <laughs> Though they just made the stairs like not <laughs> so steep because she made them like I just like that sizes. they're also called early riser stairways. Easy riser. Did I say easy early? Riser. You said early, yeah. yeah. I also just said easy rider, which yeah. is not... Anyway, guys... I'm brain dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> there was only one working toilet for her.
3: Easy riser. How many? Cases, but all
1: other non-working... restrooms were decoys to confuse spirits. What ghost has to take
2: a shit? Well, maybe that's where they try to scare you. Guess... They hide in the bathroom and then try to scare the shit out of you.
1: <sighs>
2: did you miss are... me?
1: I, I did. So much. <laughs> I just can't wait for next week. Um, So she also had three uh, elevators, so I don't know why she was pissed off about these stairs. Also, I'm making her sound like a monster. I do feel bad about that. Uh, Make her sound better. What good did she do? I know. (sighs) She was
2: super super rich. She probably was a monster.
1: Yeah. She never skimped on uh, adornments, so many of the stained glass windows were created by the Tiffany Company. Some were designed specifically for her and others by her, including a spiderweb window that featured her favorite web design. <laughs> Means something different here. And the re- repetition of the number 13. Hell this yeah. bitch was crazy. Yeah, very. Um. The a second window was designed by Tiffany himself. Okay. Uh so that when sunlight strikes the was Tiffany a man's name at some point?
2: It's it was it's yeah. Last name. Last
1: name, yeah. <clears throat>
3: Gary, Tiffany. Gary Tiffany. <laughs> Gary Tiff. Mm-hmm. Uh so and Yes,
2: was, Tiffany was a man's name at one point, I think. Really? Wasn't it Jennifer and were. Tiffany?
1: Ashley. Mm-hmm. I know Ashley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ashley. Ashley. Um I need to look that up later. So, a second window was designed by Tiffany himself, so that when sunlight strikes the prismatic crystals, a rainbow is cast across the room. The window was installed in an interior wall in a room with no light exposure, preventing the effect from being seen. Okay, (laughs) Sarah.
2: Sarah. Oh, that's awesome. That is so cool. She's. That's my favorite thing right now.
1: She's crazy. I love how crazy she is. When Winchester died, all of her possessions apart from the house were bequeathed to her niece and personal secretary. Her niece then took everything she wanted and sold the rest in a private auction. Good job. My man. Wow.
2: Hopefully the rainbow window is living in some gay guy's house in San Francisco oh, right now. Oh,
1: the yeah. dream. I bet it's still at that shit house. <laughs> I don't remember that on the tour but well, it was kind of a crappy tour. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. The tours have changed. Oh yeah. It supposedly took six trucks working eight hours a day for six weeks to remove all of the furniture from the home. Jesus. Winchester made no mention of the mansion in her will, and appraisers considered the house worthless due to the damage caused by the earthquake. The unfinished Fuck design that. and impractical nature of its construction. It was sold at auction to a local investor for over a hundred and thirty five thousand dollars.
2: Well, I'll take that.
1: And subsequently leased for 10 years to John and Mame Brown, who eventually purchased the house. In February 1923. So 1920 is 135. That's a lot. That's a million. that's a lot. That's millions. Yeah. So Mame Brown served as the first tour guide. So they opened it up to the public in 1923. The home retains unique touches that reflect Mrs. Winchester's beliefs and her reported preoccupation with warding off malevolent spirits. These spirits are said to have directly inspired her as to the way the house should be built. The number thirteen and spiderweb motifs, which carried spiritual significance for her, occur throughout the house. Duh. What do you, what spiritual significance is a spiderweb? Like I'm caught. Yeah. Really? Maybe. Sure. Or is it just I'm like, trapped. she weird. I'm trapped could never the escape the insane. house.
3: Yeah. She or the couldn't. fucking ghost. I'm
2: trapped in my own brain. I'm insane.
1: <laughs> Sarah Winchester. In the early 1990s, the Winchester property had parapsychologists anomalist and paranormal investigator okay sir you only get one
0: christopher amateur
1: actor as well christopher chacom conduct an investigation 30-day monitoring of the reported haunt phenomena on the property it doesn't say anything about that which is upsetting um, okay, Karina, I sure did miss you. am glad you're back. In 2016, it was announced that another room was found. When did you visit?
2: Well, before then, 90s. In 2016, they it was announced. They found
1: a room? <laughs> yeah. Wow. They found a new room. That's an, impressive. An attic space that contains a pump organ, Victorian couch, dress form, sewing machine, and paintings. So
2: this is like. That's cool. That's like King Tut's tomb. Because that was still yeah. from Sarah Winchester, right? Yeah. Damn! How would they find it? Where was it? Uh, it was in the attic
1: area. It was an attic space, so it's okay. probably
2: off of some wing she built. It's probably up one of those staircases they thought went to nowhere. But yes. if you walked off of it, like Indiana Jones, you would fall into <gasps> this room.
1: You would fall into a uh, Victorian couch. Yeah, the room faint into the yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the room wasn't made available uh, for viewing by the public in 2017 the winchester Mintz mystery house debuted their first new daytime tour in 20 years the explore more tour this tour takes guests to rooms never before opened to the public there you go you got to go back those,
2: some of those non-working bathrooms i hope you well i missed yeah. out on that yeah <laughs>
1: yeah you know, i held it the whole time anyway <laughs> I didn't know she one She used of them. them. She
3: knew they weren't gonna flush.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I left something for the spirits. yes yeah. I yeah. Upper decked the whole. They're house. not using them. <laughs> um. So yeah, it ex- it also explores uh, rooms unfinished at the time of Sarah's death. So. Okay.
2: So does that mean they You've finished
1: kinda, them for her? No, dude. Means they just left so it.
2: What kind of upsets Environmental me? Environmental psychologists say no. <laughs> they're not keeping this. They whoever bought it should have been contractually obligated to keep doing what she was doing. Like that should be, whoever owns the house should have to keep building on it.
1: No, those motherfuckers wanted to make money. They're the ones that opened it up to the public. That's
2: like, the thing that upsets me. I feel like this isn't, a, a, this would Ooh. be an ideal curse.
3: Like her niece
2: should have just kept
3: building on kept the house building, And then whoever takes
2: over the house goes yeah. kind of insane and keeps adding on yeah. to the house. Yeah,
1: her niece seems like a real uh-uh type of girl.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh-uh kind of girl, What kind of uh-uh.
1: Like, she just hey, you're sold supposed everything. to rebuild this. And she's like, uh-uh. I'm selling
3: everything. <laughs> uh-uh. I'd rather have the money.
1: Thanks. Do you think her? Do you think the niece's family is like? There's another room. Fuck y'all. We want it. (laughs)
2: It's our room. Yeah, I wonder how that works. If the family still around? Wasn't there like a personal assistant? I think that was
1: the same person as well. Everybody had more than one uh, job title. Oh wow.
2: God. Great Depression.
1: Sarah Winchester, um, widow, and uh, not matricide. What is it?
2: Uh, if your baby just dies.
1: Well, if you. Yeah, sure.
2: Sad. I don't, Sad, th- I don't think there's a word like a for that. Like a dowager. Sad widow. <laughs> no, I don't think there's. Dowager. I th- what is dowager? What is isn't dowager? It?
3: I thought a dowager was like no. a single older woman. Yeah. I don't right. Think it has anything
2: to do with having babies.
3: Is that what. What were you trying to I say? I was trying
2: to say
1: like a mom with a dead baby.
2: Oh. Yeah, there's no word for that, which is, is weird. Cause there there's should there's, be. Oh, a dowager widow is somebody who has all their shit because their husband died.
1: Oh well, she was that too. Mm-hmm. Oh, can we just call it a kiddo?
3: <laughs> you call her La Yerona. No, I
0: if, don't know.
1: I don't think she was. I she think she that's drowned her kid.
0: <laughs> is it? I think so. I yeah, think she, she did.
1: Sarah Winchester was white. I'm gonna guess. I know,
3: like, but Caucasian I mean, if spot. she, if we're you're going under the
1: knife the gun sure under the gun i don't know winchester baby i just meant that
3: aren't she gilder kid yeah
2: there should be a word for that i didn't mean to
1: appropriate widow and kiddo
2: oh i get it now oh i thought you were making another kill bill reference and i was like i don't get it
1: k-i-d-d-o no (coughs) ma'am k-i-d-o-w yep kiddo i like that Widow and Kiddo, Sarah Winchester.
2: <laughs> 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 Yeesh. Ah, uh, it is a cool house. If you go, you should see it.
1: Well, I feel like it's cooler now that they've opened up more rooms and discovered things. They- I mean, that was three years ago. They discovered a room. Yeah.
2: I bet you they sneakily built another room. Uh, you know, it's kind of like how it, you know, it's Karina. like how somebody dies, a musician dies, and then they keep releasing. They keep finding albums. Right. Oh, it's just so them Tupac's remixing. Alive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm
1: Y'all heard like, it. Karina thinks Tupac's alive. No, I'm
2: saying it's like that where they're keeping Tupac alive artificially.
1: Because he's alive.
2: Uh-huh. IRL. Yeah, it's just like that. So the house is still alive. IRL. And the it's growing. growing itself. <laughs> it's growing new rooms all by itself and populating them with old furniture.
3: So my story is The Robber's Cave Experiment The Psychological Study of Unsupervised Boys that Inspired the Lord of the Flies
1: Would you say it was an an environmental psychological study?
3: I might say that Oh Oh, shit I
2: just might say it Uh, I wish I had an environmental psychology story Find one right now,
3: (laughs) please. Okay. Yeah. So it starts out with a psychologist named Muzaffer Shafir. And uh, he was a big proponent of this theory called uh, realistic conflict theory, also known as realistic group conflict theory. Okay. Um, It explains how intergroup hostility can arise as a result of conflicting goals and competition over limited resources, which I don't know, I guess in layman's terms is like if you both need something, you have two groups. If you both need something, you're going to fight with each other to get the something And it also offers an explanation for feelings of prejudice and discrimination toward the other group that accompanies intergroup hostility. So this is this mindset that he's operating under. Okay. So in 1954, he hit, so Muzaffer and his wife, Carolyn Wood, Sharif. Uh, what? <laughs> she just has the most basic name compared to him. I know. She does. Uh, you know, I mean, he came here from far away and got a degree. What's her middle name? Degree. Hard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Zing. Mm, wow. That was,
2: a, Ugh. that was
3: a good one.
2: Turn off the episode. Best part just happened. Yep. <laughs> See you later.
3: So he takes... Twenty-two boys to the foothills of the Sand Boys Mountains. What parents? What? Yeah. What parents? Sorry, off on twelve years, twelve-year-olds. He's like, I'm gonna take. I mean, it was 1954. Still. Uh. So he takes them to Sand Boys Mountain of southeastern Oklahoma. To Robber's Cave State Park.
2: I, I think the word mountain there is more theoretical. Than
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, so he is conducting an experiment to pretty much prove his theory. He's bad about being unbiased and intervening. I'm going to say bad that about right a, now. I
2: think he's got a lot of ethical challenges Yeah. so far. I
1: mean, oh yeah, uh, his hypothesis and his like objective was already so convoluted.
2: Super flawed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So
3: before he took the guys out the guys, the boys, <laughs> I'm gonna let's be real. Yeah. They're boys. Uh he had tried to do an experiment in the same way really? Sorry, my computer just like blacked out <laughs> and it's coming back. Okay, so he's out to try and prove his theory. So he takes a bunch of boys again before this to Camp Middle Grove, where he uh, pits them against each other. Wait, so this is two separate? Yeah. So this, this is, is the earlier. This experience. is the earlier another experiment. set of parents. Yes.
2: Why is he? Like, 12-year-old boys are the most unstable molecules on the planet. Why would you experiment with them?
3: Maybe that's why, because his experiment is, it, it's not, his theory isn't the greatest. <laughs> so he's trying to do it with the most volatile group of humans he can. Okay. Maybe ones that aren't already influenced by other things. I don't know. Wow. So he decides that they're going to split boys into teams and pit them against each other for prizes. And then at the end of it, they're going to try and unite, reunite them in a series of frustrating and life-threatening events.
2: This is just called sports. Like
3: a forest fire. Okay. <laughs> Neither the parents or the boys knew that they were in a study or that any of this shit was actually going on. They thought they were just going to camp.
2: There wasn't like a permission slip that said forest fire may be started.
1: I mean, yeah. isn't this just camp though? So true.
3: what ended up happening in that first experiment that he did was that the boys never really hated each other. Like, they were like, yeah, well, you know, we're winning prizes and playing against each other, but we don't fucking hate these other kids. Like they hung out for a while before they split them into groups and people made friends. And so this shit isn't working. So that's why (laughs) Sharif is like, all right, I'm going to switch this up and do it a different way with a different group. Survivor, the TV show. Wow. So (laughs) he takes these 12 or these 22 12-year-old boys to Robbers Cave in Oklahoma.
1: That is 44 parents that fucked up. Yeah.
3: Rough, so more or less. Yeah, more. Or he's less. still using money from the grant from the first study after he failed to repeat or to yeah. prove his theory.
2: Well, at least his failure was frugal. I, money I, yeah, money left over. Yeah,
3: he's like, "Well, I don't think it's going to work, so we'll try it again." What's
2: the benefit of working in yeah. Oklahoma.
3: So They split these boys at the beginning. They don't have them together. They like split them from the beginning. They put them into the Rattlers versus the Eagles. And for the two uh, first days of the experiment, they don't even know that another group exists. They're completely separate. Okay. So each group has two days to bond with each other and do standard Camping things, swimming, fishing, playing baseball. You know, all the things a kid in the 50s does. Okay. Kicking cans. (laughs) Tiddlywinks. Um, So once the groups were formed, Sharif and his team instituted the competition phase. This
1: guy had a team of people?
3: Yeah, he had. Well, like his wife was helping him out Mm -hmm. and had some other science. I mean, he has a grant, like, he's trying to do some type of behavioral research. Yeah. Uh, it's probably bad so wasn't
2: this students. right around the Stanford prison experiment? Same time ish. I th- or was that think, after this? I thought
3: that was like in the sixties. Yeah. 70s. That was after this then. Okay. Uh, but you know, beginnings, so, these kinds of things happened. Yeah. Yeah. So they introduce the groups to each other's, each other, uh, through a bunch of activities where they pit them instantly against each other in these competitive games like tug of war and baseball, and you know, whatever. How long can you hold your breath? I don't know. Uh, so
2: radio station contests, there are
3: prizes at stake. The kids are real amped up.
1: And, how wet can you make that t shirt?
3: <laughs> God. 12-year-old boys. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: So... Who can fart the loudest?
3: Each one is... The Rattlers are like, we're gonna practice baseball the whole time and we're gonna be the best one at this baseball game. And the Eagles were like, we've got this flag and we're gonna protect our flag. And there's just a whole bunch of shit going on. Uh, The boys are fairly competitive and the team still doesn't feel like they're being competitive enough. So Sharif is like, we need to interfere more aggressively than just making them compete.
1: And his entire team agreed with him. Yes.
3: So the team interferes and they uh, deliberately cause conflict between the two groups. So what they do is... They purposefully make one of the teams late for lunch so that the first team that was there would eat all the food and the other team wouldn't have any food. (laughs) And so the boys are just like pissed and calling each other names. And he, they're the staff is just encouraging them to like get even more and more into it. And it starts to get like physical and they're like we're gonna fucking burn your flag and the other team is like they invade their cabin and fuck up all their shit in the cabin and so for two days they're they're pushing this escalation of violence on these 12 year old kids
2: it sounds like he was just born 50 years too soon because he would have been a great reality show producer
3: yeah right we watch it on tv every day now yeah so after that two days stretch, they decide that, okay, I think these kids hate each other enough. <laughs> uh, we're going to try and bring them back together because that's also part of his theory that you can, even if two people hate each other, you can bring them together if they're both like starving to death and they need to find food or something like hmm.
0: that. Hmm.
3: So he... Shuts off the drinking water to the entire camp. That is Sharif's That's way gonna to bring them together. Bring them together. Jesus
2: Dehydration. Christ.
0: Yep. Great. Dehydration of Smart. a bunch of children. Mm-hmm.
3: So the Rattlers and the Eagles do get together and they're like, we have to find this fucking water tank and figure out what the hell is going on because all we have is whatever's on our person right now. So the kids all end up finding the tank and it's covered with rocks, but they all work together and they take the rocks off. And uh, even by this time, the kids are merging and coming back together and being like, Hey, I guess we don't really hate you so much which ended up technically proving
2: Sharif's... So he was Sharif's. right.
3: No, you know.
2: He was right about 12-year-olds, put yeah. in extreme but, situations. Yes.
3: Ended up sort of proving the theory. Okay. But most people obviously don't really take it seriously because Sharif and his team clearly intervened so much mm-hmm. that he just... Did this whole experiment?
1: He's like a puppet master. Yeah, like, yeah.
2: I mean, it's also like th- not the smartest theory I've ever heard. Yeah. So later, so you tell people to hate each other, and convince them there's a reason they'll hate each other, and then if you have some outside disaster hit a community, the community will come together to save themselves. Right. Wow.
1: That's just like something that happened in his life. You know That's what I mean?
2: Super deep.
1: But <laughs> later on, he said
3: it's like that like the plot of Independence Day. Honestly. Mm -hmm. he conducted his experiment that it was meant to showcase his theory, not prove or disprove it. (laughs) Right. Um, Actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't think they would have given you a grant just to do that. Just the trailer for the movie. Yeah. The other, uh, kind of fucked up part about it, which I mean, I guess if he was trying to get a straight, across the board like generic control group where there is no differences maybe but all of the boys were middle class white had was a from a protestant family with a two parent background and they so were all the same parents. age yeah wow. so really it didn't reflect real life at all cuz Well, not everyone is the same age race
2: In 54 in Oklahoma,
3: what were you, you know? Yeah. Uh, People also criticized it because uh, obviously the children were put in danger (laughs) constantly. Yeah. And uh, were left unattended most of the time because they just wanted to see what they would do. How would they watch this? I don't know. From, I don't know. They probably were just kind of acting like camp counselors but camp counselors who wouldn't intervene if kids were fighting
2: they'd be like
1: which is also (laughs) just a camp counselor that's true yeah like wet hot american summer counselor
2: pretty much like we just were at camp last year counselor yeah and now we're doing yeah now
3: we're just done and we're interested in Mm-hmm. Bone in the other camp counselors and smoking weed.
2: Mm-hmm. But only if there's an outside crisis yes. to bring us together. Yes, absolutely. <laughs>
3: uh, but yeah, they say that this study was Bullshit. something that ins- or inspired Lord of the Flies as well.
2: Yeah. Lord of the Flies was honestly a better study than that one. Yeah, yeah. I would
3: think so. Because kids had power. Yeah, yeah. You yeah.
2: Know. Yeah. All right. Wow. P Piggy. I don't. I can't get over the fact how talented of a reality show producer he was, though. Yeah. I mean, like, he literally invented an important genre of game show 50 years too Survivor. early. Survivor. Yeah. I mean, if he was using adults instead of children, that would have been. People would sign up for it. Yep.
1: I know there were more like kidnappings in like the late 70s and 80s. And like, that's kind of when that became a, a real thing thing that people there was a
2: perception people. of more kidnappings yes yeah
1: but it still happened in the f-
2: oh, i yeah. just
1: don't understand why these parents were like yeah stranger
2: the main okay i don't know if we really want to do this but like so what happened between the baby boom like 40s to 60 and then like 60 and on is that people used to have 6 8 10 12 kids right and then americans started having two maybe three kids. And so you had, it it sounds callous, but you literally had shit just happen to your kids. Law of averages. One was going to die. Sometimes right. they would get kidnapped. Sometimes they'd hate you and run away at 12. Like just shit happened that was would devastate a family today. But back then there were so many kids. It was sort of like, well, you know, <laughs> odds were this was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And so it just, the same crimes were happening at the same rate. It's just that they weren't as, I don't know.
3: Give a fuck as important to there was no way
2: you could have your whole family stop over. Put that mic down and you bend to it. (laughs) Kidnapping, you know, a measly kidnapping. I've got 11 other kids to get through college. Right. Yeah. It was a blessing in disguise, really. Yeah. So like
1: if a Duggar got killed, they'd just be like,
2: well, it'd be good for ratings. It would be. Yeah. You're right. Who's going to do it? Not it. Not anymore. They're not on the air. It's not worth it. Besides, they're going to kill themselves. I I have a theory. How many of them are there? How many Duggars? 12? I don't know. Is, is, are they like Winchester mystery rooms? Yeah. There's just more of them every yep. day. And they just keep creating others haphazardly. They're going to discover one with a sewing machine inside of it. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that at least 20% of those kids are going to commit suicide. That's just my theory.
3: Hasn't one of them already... Kind of, I tried? think two and a true. half of them are gonna.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Go, go, go. Two, two on purpose. One with drugs. This Let's yeah. call it that way. Yeah. The
3: show was called 19 Kids and Counting." Oh, nineteen. Okay, so twenty yeah. percent. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, four. Four. Ugh. Four. Yeah, I'd say four of those kids are gonna commit suicide at some point. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Damn. If not the dad.
2: I thought the dad was wasn't the dad thrown in jail for child pornography or something? Or am I thinking of the wrong
1: Is he Gary as well? <laughs>
2: I'm thinking of the am I thinking of the wrong reality show family? I don't,
1: I don't know. Who I don't was
3: know the either. super
2: Christian dad who was like going around with the Republican primaries? Jessica at... Simpson's dad? No, and he he was a reality show dad. I think it was Duggar. Man, and then they were probably. like, Oh wait, you had child porn in your house.
0: Oof.
1: Was it Boo Boo's dad? Does she have mm. a dad? I
3: don't oh, think she has a dad.
1: She there was
3: some shit with like her uncle or something yeah. like that. I remember that. Uh, what about that's not the same as what's the the woman with the can I speak to your manager hair and her husband John and Kate plus eight. Yes. Yes.
2: That's the they're the ones. Yes. yes. He's oh, bad. he's a bad man. And she's wild. She's insane. Okay, that was... I you got it mixed be. up. The duggers the s- still things to be dug up. <laughs> Stop. I will. All right. You guys ready? Yes. Born ready. For the story of the most incredible rock tour of
0: 2018.
1: <gasps> like fire? Rock and, like rock and roll? Or? Wait,
2: what? No, this is in some ways more incredible than the fire festival.
1: Like stones or like rock and roll? We're going to find is, out, I bet.
2: It's rock. Okay, it's hard rock. Like
0: rock like okay. stadium rock like so okay lol uh
2: this guy Ooh. in vegas is a guitarist and he's kind of got his stuff out there on whatever he got it out of now band camp or whatever and he gets hit up on facebook by somebody from aligned artist management saying hey i've got this really incredibly talented and popular guitarist he wants to go on a european tour he needs to get a band together a live band together Okay, you knows what I'm talking about. I, I, sh- I was sure you knew this, this one. love story. Uh, so anyway, he like checks out the guy's web presence and he's got like 40,000 likes on his Facebook page and his YouTube channel is jam-packed and there's like tons and tons of fan comments on all of his videos. Dang, um, okay. And it says that he's sold more than 55,000 copies of just his debut EP.
1: Honestly, same though. Like as
2: yeah. a
0: comic,
1: <laughs> I
3: mean, I'm so-
2: Yeah. And it says that his first single off that EP charted top 40 in seven countries. The guitarist checks it all out. He listens to the music. He's like, okay, this is like throwback hair metal, but you know what? That's kind of coming back. This guy seems like he's at least got some chops. This must be legit. I'll go audition. So he goes out to LA and he meets this guy named Jared Threaten. Threaten Mm. with an I. -i T-H-R-E-A-T-I-N. And... uh, he goes through a couple emails with some other guy at Aligned Artist Management and uh, meets with Jared. They get along. They kind of like play together. He says, you're great. You're on the tour. And he's like, do you know anybody else? He's like, yeah, I know this great drummer. So he pulls another drummer from Vegas. And then he finds, his management company finds a bassist in LA. And they put a band together to go on a eight-city European tour, like the British Isles and a little bit of like... The Netherlands and stuff.
3: A lot of money.
2: A lot of money. Uh, and also, like, he's his web presence just makes it look like he is huge, especially in Europe. He promises all the band members, look, I can't pay you. Um, this is, like, our first tour. This is Threaten. Yeah, Threaten. He's like, I, I, I can't pay you, or my management company can't pay you up front because our first tour. We're really exploring this. It's more about exposure, but I'll give you a $300 per diem. No, so like
3: that's that's good, awesome. With
2: free airfare, free hotel, yeah, like yeah. you're not gonna pay anything, and here's three hundred bucks a day, and like yeah, you know it's not real Don't pay, be but like
3: yeah. I am getting paid. Thank the, you. Like sweet,
2: so they fly to London, where the tour starts, and uh, they drive around sightseeing for a couple of days. When they get to London, he's like, "Oh, uh, yeah, actually, about the three hundred dollars a day, that's turns out that's for the whole band. Sorry, that's not for each of you. So we're gonna kind of like." each get like 70 bucks or something still not y- bad yes yeah, you know not bad i'm sorry and i know it's kind of expensive here but we'll, we'll be fine it's touring mm-hmm. with like you know bonding shit so uh they get into their rented van and they go to the first show of the tour at a place in camden called the underworld and they're all like taking pre-show selfies and they're really excited they've been rehearsing for like a couple of months and like they are really ready to go out threaten especially seems like he's been he all of his videos on youtube have him like playing to these huge crowds and he's talking about how he played to huge crowds in like south america and shit and like he's got this huge stage presence really likes to jump around so he's getting real hyped up
3: he's got like really long hair he's got
2: really long hair it's totally throwback yeah. like definitely think mm-hmm. 80s hair metal uh so it's been arranged for a month by his booking agent Casey Marshall uh, at Stage Right Bookings so Marshall paid the venue's almost $1,000 hire fee, but then he told the the venue, look, we've already pre-sold 291 tickets, so we're going to get it back. Don't worry about it. Um, that was like half capacity for the venue. only holds 600, so <laughs> the venue manager's like, okay, cool, staff up the doors. I'm getting the bartenders. Here we go. It's going to be a great show. I'm so glad you guys came from America. I hadn't heard, you, ha- hadn't heard of you yet, but you know you must have some fans. And like he also looked at all the social media
3: it happens yeah so you look at social media he also
2: got two support bands to kind of open them up the bands got on stage they were excited because they're like playing with this new rock star and like lots of people are going to show up but they get out there and while the two bands are playing place is kind of sparse like two three four five people barely trickling in right yep uh and then like one of the opening bands from london was sort of like yeah he's just starting out maybe it's slow slow burn but whatever so Threaten takes the stage, the audience shrinks eh. from five people to one person. No. Threaten's girlfriend who is filming the show. Aww. Oh, Janet. Kelsey. And it's not his girlfriend, it's his wife. Oh. His wife, Kelsey.
3: Ugh, that's his, even this worse. gorgeous
2: redhead is just filming it and she's the only one listening. All right. So they play for one person.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean The venue manager is livid
1: no shit (laughs)
2: it's like 250 tickets pre-sold no yeah the nothing there's nobody here like everybody's just standing around it's the crowd is majority like it's the staff the staff is watching the show
1: and the staff isn't allowed to buy drinks.
2: <laughs> but Threaten is still going on as if it's a packed house. He's jumping around. He's screaming his whale and he's playing his guitar. He's acting like that's the saddest like a rock shit star. Yeah, yeah like a rock star. Saddest
1: shit.
3: I mean, you got to go out there and do it. There's plenty no. of yeah. bands I've been at who have a few people in the crowd. But
1: is it just one? And is it someone who traveled with them?
3: I mean, yeah, I've seen that before. Yeah, for sure.
2: So anyway, they play that gig. Then they go to uh, Newcastle on Tyne and uh, their next gig. And he hired this fairly popular band in London called Dog's Flesh to be their opener. Uh, this guy's been around since 82. And he like checked out Threatened Online. He's like, okay, this looks good. He hadn't heard about the London gig or anything. Loads of hits and views. This guy's obviously the real thing. And he's thought if I'm going to play in front of their booking agent, maybe I can get on tour in America if we really come out and kill it. Yeah. So they go out there. uh, Threaten doesn't talk to Dog's Flesh. Like when they're backstage, he's acting kind of like all hottie see. And he doesn't talk to them. And so they play to an empty venue zero people in the venue Ooh. well they,
3: dog's flesh doesn't draw very well then, so, Yeah, well, saying, exactly for being semi-popular i mean that's kind of on them yeah so
2: after they finish three people show up as audience members and then two of his bandmates stay and, and watch him. and they play again to five people Ugh. a third venue same story fourth venue they go to the bristol they go to bristol where they play the exchange and that's where the booking agent had emailed the venue and told them to expect 180 pre-sold ticket holders uh, another opening band was like all excited brought all their merch got the table set up but he was yeah. a little surprised that there wasn't like a queue around the door like 180 people at this tiny venue would have been packed okay. um the manager waves him over to the opener and he's like you know what they haven't actually sold any tickets so i've asked him to pay the money yeah for that amount of tickets or they're not going to go on and so he watches threaten go to an atm and withdraw 400 pounds to pay the venue wow yeah to keep it open um
3: i mean that's what i don't get and
2: everybody okay so everybody's kind of actually feeling sorry for him yeah because they're like oh my god this is so embarrassing for him he goes up and he's playing he's playing as if it's sold out uh, meanwhile the opening band member and the bar manager are like going looking at that social media again they're digging a little deeper and they're like wait a minute if you watch these videos the crowd shots and him singing are never together it's never like mm. him from behind with the crowd it's right spliced together And then the next morning he's like all night he starts going through and checking out the YouTube commenters and clicking on their profiles. And it's like, Oh, this is fake. Oh, this is fake. Oh, this is fake. And he uncovers like all the fake things. And then he goes to the management website and to the uh, booking website. And they're both like really shitty and like clearly fake companies. So he goes up the next morning and posts something on Facebook that says, hey, Threaten's a fake band. Uh, They've paid for all 38,000 of the likes on Facebook, and I can prove it. A hundred people said they're attending these events, and only one person's showing up. Uh, And he's just kind of making fun of it and shit. The page takes off on Facebook. And by the next day, when they get to Scotland to do their next, like, the whole country knows. Like, this band is totally full of shit. So the at this point, the band members find out because they read it on Facebook, but Threaten is still acting like nothing's going on. Like yeah. everything's totally fine and hunky-dory. And they're like texting each other trying to figure out, okay, what do we do? Like, this How is,
3: do we get out of this fucking thing? This guy gig? duped us
2: into like coming to Europe on our own I dime mean, because now like the per diems have stopped coming in because right. he had to pull out all of his money to keep that one venue open.
3: Yep. Um,
2: and so they like... he finally confront him and he's like yeah but you know we should just play out the tour it's a lifetime it's experience of a lifetime or whatever and the bandmates are like fuck you i'm out and like they leave like one of the like i think it's the drummer's mom has to come fly out because she flew out to see them play in scotland but that show got canceled and so she has to buy their tickets back uh then there was like a news outlet that awarded him rock artist of the year in 2017 that was fake. Uh, The profile photo of the artist management was lifted from a Montreal photographer's website. The physical address for their booking agency actually belongs to a suicide prevention charity. It was like insane how bad the hoax was, but it totally worked. So it's just him and the bass player who felt bad for him and stuck around and kind of hung out with him. And they just kind of go on vacation together because they can't play anywhere. All the venue managers have found out and shut them down. So they're tooling around and looking at Europe and then they go fly home. Yeah. This story goes, like, super viral, yeah. especially in, like, music.
0: Yeah, I read that. Industries, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and everybody wants to know, who the fuck are you? Well, it turns out he, his brother, his older brother in St. Louis, is a member of a legitimately semi-popular heavy metal band. Hmm. And reporters start calling his brother, and they're like, what's up with your little bro doing this? And he says, whatever he says, don't believe him. He's completely full of shit about everything. And if he tells you anything, it's probably just to like manipulate you. And it turns out they were in a band together and they had a falling out. And Jared always thought he was the talented one, but his older brother was kind of the talented one. And like he wanted to get the juice back and like take one out on his older brother. But he goes silent on social media because he's just getting pinged all over the place on Facebook, trolled, whatever, until he releases a tweet it says, "What is fake news?" I turned an empty room into an international headline. No. Ah. If you are reading this, you are part of the illusion. And the internet was like, "Yeah, nice save." Go or whatever. away. So, Rolling Stone, BBC, and Billboard magazine all come to like interview him and be like, "What's the story? How this?" Well, come now about? he's one. And he's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Look, I was just saving money for my like job at Home Depot, and my wife's been scraping together his money for this tour." But we knew nobody would actually book us. None of the gatekeepers would take us seriously. So we figured if we just staged a fake tour and if it fell apart completely, we'd get publicity. And I could use that publicity to turn my music career into high gear. No That's what he's claiming. And it worked. He's got like actual legit likes now. And like people are eagerly anticipating his next debut album kind of as a novelty, like William Hung type thing. Yeah. But at the same time, that was his plan and it worked. And Kelsey was filming all of this because they're releasing a documentary about the way he hoaxed this european tour together and like all the behind the scenes footage of them signing up for all the accounts and emails and how his wife kelsey was actually the one sending all the emails saying we pre-sold this many tickets and hey i want to audition you and here's your pdm she was playing like six people oh my god they're gonna
3: get sued
2: They 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 paid their way to everybody it's just sad they played to one person or two people right but he doesn't care he was like that was the plan Um, because more people are gonna tune in to watch a band play to an empty room as like and make fun of them than they are to watch me right
0: it.
3: Well, I was gonna say, like, I don't understand why if he wanted to do it, why didn't he just rent the room like it's not that expensive? We do rentals.
2: I but Well he did some of the rooms he rented out and some he had to like. Yeah, but I mean if he really
3: you know was trying to hoax people straight off from the beginning then i guess it, renting a room wouldn't make any sense
2: the bbc story is my favorite because when they go over there he pulls out like 10 burner phones and he pulls out a notebook of like fake names like nine or ten fake names that he had registered that he was using to like build up this whole management company wow. seven. <laughs> it was yeah yes. it was seriously intense yeah
0: Anyway,
3: I love that story. I like the follow up because I remember reading it when it first came out and they didn't really know anything about the guy other than. Yeah. What was fabricated online.
2: And what was funny is that, you know, that opening bandmates Facebook post went viral and that's what blew it up. But he had actually sent emails to all the press in London blowing his own cover saying that Jared Threaten is a a hoax and he has tricked every venue and he's a nobody trying to get the press to cover him but nobody bought on the emails. It was the viral post from the opening day that got him. says, please don't let this man fake his way to fame. Please expose him. He was like trying to get people to write about this and it worked.
1: God, what a psycho. It did work.
2: Yeah. Anyway.
3: (sighs) Good for him. I did feel bad for him at first and
2: now I just kind
3: of... (laughs) hate his
2: guts for- so my f- the funniest ps on this is that like obviously the two vegas guys the drummer and the guitarist are just like don't we don't want to talk to anybody about this mm-hmm, story he, right. he fucked, he, that was embarrassing as fuck we're so embarrassed yeah but the bass player still doesn't believe it was a hoax
0: Aww. Even though Threaten
2: is like said it wasn't a deliberate hook. He was like, I don't think he would do that, man. I think he's just a nice dude. And I would totally Aww. play with him again.
1: That's such a fucking bass player. <laughs>
2: that is. He's oh, that, sweet. He's I've just nice I've got a nice picture stoner. of the bass player.
0: He's <laughs> just like,
2: I think he's just a sweet guy. And I really had fun hanging out with him. Yeah.
1: Aww, that breaks just, my heart. Yeah. yeah. Like, I got chills. I hope
3: that Threaten gives him some money and takes him on his actual tour mm-hmm. where they might make money i guess uh, yeah that story is oh, oh oh
2: oh there's a oh there's a ps i haven't read from like this week okay what is it? so he claims that he sent out that email to alert the news media before everything broke to right. prove that he was meaning to do, like the, the i meant to do this uh so the bbc called all of their colleagues and said none of them found the email like they searched their archives and nobody got See? the email And then uh, he gets forwarded something from Variety, and a a Variety reporter said, "Yeah, I got the email." And then he looked closer at the timestamp and said, and saw that it was sent like before the email he sent to Variety asking if he got the email. And then he looked at the like IP address, and it was fucking Jared. So like,
3: yeah, this kid. So he's retroactively trying to retroactively like, yeah, justify all this cover is. ass even though he exposed uh, it's a hard thing
2: (laughs) when i texted jared to tell him what i'd found about the variety email he said he would respond he never did
1: (laughs) (laughs) of course not
2: Uh,
3: jared that's worse than a gary a jared is worse than a gary
2: a million times Uh,
1: i know some good jareds
2: (laughs) yeah i know some good jareds too
1: i know more bad gary's than i know is that right
2: I think I don't know. It's I don't think wise, I know any actual Jareds other than the foot long. I know like seven Jareds, and they're all good dudes, more or less.
3: I know two grade, and they're
2: good. both good dudes.
3: You know Gary, yeah, he's good,
1: yeah. But Gary, who was my youth minister, not, <laughs> not good. <laughs> yeah, you just
3: you know you can't fucking generalize someone based on their name, Lisa. That's true. What's wrong with Lisa? I don't know. I just tried to say it like I knew someone who was named Lisa who was a bad person, but I what? I don't. I like the name
1: Lisa.
3: Uh, I never said it was a bad name. I yeah.
1: used to hate it. And now Then what happened? I just don't recognize it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like your name at some point just becomes like a thing. It doesn't, you know. Yeah. It becomes like it means... the prince
2: symbol sort of. Yeah. Like yeah. It's just this, that means me. I feel yeah, like yeah.
1: it's like the dog <laughs> when you're like. It's like what?
3: <laughs> I feel like people like my name will be phased out soon. Whitney? What? Yeah. By whom? I I don't I I just feel like people aren't naming their child. Oh yeah, Whitney anymore, and That's true. I feel
1: like.
2: I it, think Lisa's dying out too.
1: Oh, Lisa died out before I was named Lisa.
0: <laughs> uh I mean
1: Lisa Simpson, man. When you think of Lisa, Lisa, how old is Tuttle. the person you're thinking of? Turtle.
2: Uh, of age. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Have you seen Lisa have you seen Lark Voorhees lately?
3: No, I don't keep up with her,
1: but Google it.
3: Okay. She looking She's
1: not in high school anymore.
0: Yeah. No. Oh. Uh
3: I guess people are still named Karina, right? Or is yeah. that old too now?
2: It's mostly with a K and it's mostly mail order brides.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, everybody spells my name on. with a K
2: and it bothers me.
3: I remember, I, I, in my head, Karina is spelled like the movie Karina, Karina.
2: Yeah. C O R R. I have a friend who spells it that way. I'm the only one I know who's got it this spelling. <laughs> Oh, Bonet.
3: <laughs> Don't show me pictures what? of Lisa Turtle now. <laughs> Look at
2: Lisa Bonet. She's looking fine.
3: Yeah. Lisa Bonet <laughs> is hot as fuck and she's married to Jason Momoa. Yeah, she's doing wow. great. Wow. <laughs> Lisa, that's just bad makeup and probably some
2: bad surgery. Leave, leave, leave the Lisas alone.
3: Yeah. Uh, Lisa Bonet is hot. Yeah. Uh, there's Lisa.
2: A, <laughs> there's
3: a There's
1: be another Lisa.
2: Uh,
3: uh, I don't know, man. What's Lisa the name Marie of the mother of dragons? Uh,
1: Kalisa.
3: Kalisa.
2: That could be Lisa for short. I
1: should change my Twitter name to Kalisa. Right now it's Lisaage Dirtbag. <laughs> Cause I'm. Oh my god. Uh.
3: Oh yeah, you told me. Weenus is playing 310, so please come with me and. Can you start promoting shows on the podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Only 310 shows. Those are the only ones. Yeah. No. No, I don't want to do that. I don't (laughs) want to. It would be weird. This isn't about music, man. This is about Lisa.
1: Karina's story was about the music.
2: Mine was about music. We don't promote our shit either, though. That's true. That's for best.
3: Yeah, but it would make sense for y'all to do it because y'all are like actually benefiting from the promotion like in what sense
1: personally yeah (laughs) which ones are we getting paid for yeah
0: exactly
2: (laughs) true (laughs) true the best thing that can possibly come of more people seeing my show is i get recognized at cvs while i'm buying feminine products again like that Mm -hmm. i want less people to see me do stand-up which is i'm succeeding at right now because i'm not doing any stand-up so yeah,
1: you're killing it right now. <laughs> I'm killing it right now. I've
2: definitely shrunk my audience. That was the worst. The poor guy, he was just trying to be nice. He was like, "Oh, ho, ho, ho we got a celebrity in here," and then he's like, "I'm sorry, I won't fanboy too much." And I'm like, "I'm literally buying maxi pads and lube, and I don't want to speak to you, and I don't want you to recognize me, and I just don't want any of this to be happening right now."
3: Oh, guy at CVS. Guy at CVS. Read. But the did room. you have coupons though? Like, I'm a. I'm a big CVS fan. I did
2: have a coupon for some Rx bars. So Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
3: Sorry, I say coupon also. I That's okay. What What's wrong with that? It's pronounced coupon. That's how it's spelled.
2: It's pronounced coupon. Oh.
3: Coupon. Okay. I say, <laughs> I say coupon and I
1: know it pisses
2: KB off. Uh,
1: I think I've always said coupon. Yeah, I say coupon.
2: It's the more fun way to say it. It's the cuter way to say it. <laughs>
0: oh my God. Well, I got what did we learn? Off. Yeah.
2: How to say coupon.
0: Mm hmm.
2: If all else fails, just keep going. Keep adding not. Just yeah. keep going. Just keep doing it. Do making it again. Just keep. Just torturing keep the children. Sending the children into yeah. the woods. Just keep going around Europe. Just. Yeah. Beyond any reason, just persevere. Persevere.
1: Persevere.
2: And in the end, you will be remembered as a fuck up and a failure.
1: Uh, Oh, that's true.
2: Yeah.